0: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmead. Hi everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290 957 WHIO. There is a season. Day to day. Welcome to another edition of There is a Season, the geezer and Snapper hour. This show is celebrating 10 years on the air, and it's still the only show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
1: And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us.
0: Hey, if you'd like to weigh in on what you hear here, you could write to us anytime. But how would someone do that, Gloria?
1: Well, there's a couple of easy ways to reach us. First, you could use the handy in touch tab on our website, thereisaseasonshow.com, or you could send us an email to Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com.
0: So today, at a time when our relationships are more important than ever, whether we're stretched by time, or distance, or access, as we've spoken before on the program, right? When we talk about mm-hmm. being able to see our seniors, particularly in in their uh, care communities or because some of our relationships have become perhaps a little frayed uh, in this highly charged year, we are reminded of the importance of friendships.
1: And we might add, Bob, that with the possibility of further shutdowns or social restrictions looming on the horizon, the effort that we put into our relationships, our friendships, will become that much more important.
0: So today's program is kind of a part two to our earlier show on friendships, in which we focused on the cultivation and nourishing of friendships as the lifelong goal. We spoke in that show of how friendships can be difficult to maintain as we age, but that they can be as critical and sometimes more so than our direct families for our day-to-day mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And we're not knocking the families here or anything. We're just talking about the importance of friendships. That there have been uh, many research studies, we talked about that too, that explored the role of friendship and the quality of life as we age. That was all in part one of our series on friendship.
1: Yes, and we also made note of the fact that with all of our supposed connectedness through social media say, that the notion of friends on Facebook and other platforms sort of stretches the traditional ideas we have about friends and the roles that they play in our lives. We talked a lot about a good friend as someone, you know, who is always going to be there for you. It's the person that can often finish finish your sentences for you. Some people find deep friendship with their spouse, and if so, that's great. But many still tend to seek the friendship of one or more people outside of their spouse or immediate family. And that such friendships may grow out of shared experiences in school or church or at work or, or many other places.
0: We could also add that, as you alluded when you mentioned a spouse as a friend, Gloria, that a true friend can indeed be somebody in or out of your family. And that leads us to today's take on friendship, which focuses more on the relationship that one particular author and mom has had with her daughters, and what she has taught and learned as a result of these long and growing friendships. But first, a little background.
1: So today we're going to talk about, um, her name is Carrie Kimpakis, right? And Mm -hmm. in 2012, she was raising four daughters who were coming into their preteen years and she began blogging about it. So one of her posts titled, And Truth Young Girls Need to Know, went viral and a publisher reached out to turn it into a book. Now that just opened the door, said Kimpakis, who just published her latest book, Love Her Well, ten, day, 10 Ways to Find Joy and Connection with Your Teenage Daughter. Compacus is a blogger, author, and speaker. She has daughters who are now in their preteens and teens.
0: Her advice ultimately leads to the theme of connection. You'll hear a lot of things today, by the way, in this article that we've borrowed from the Epoch Times, uh, written by Catherine Yang about Carrie Kompakis. And you're going to hear some of these themes about stuff we've talked about on the program here um which are kind of tried and true would you say Mm, yeah absolutely so she's talking here uh uh, about connection between parents and their daughters and particularly about teaching girls how to create good and lasting connections in an ephemeral culture other moms had told compactness that when they started reading her writing they felt she'd taken the thoughts swirling around in their heads and she'd put them into words Kampakis was giving them a conversation starter so they could talk to their girls about hard topics that were otherwise hard to broach. They realized they were not alone, as so many parents of teens tend to think.
1: So nearly all the messages that Kampakis got from the moms on Facebook and the girls on Instagram were about the same painful struggle. Not social media or boys or the stress of their achievement-oriented school years, but friendships. 99% are struggles with friendship and usually struggles within a friend group, which is sad, Kumpakis said. Whether she was traveling to a big city or a small town, the girls she met were sharing the same pain over friendships. And she said that was really eye opening for me. And that's why I wrote a lot about friendship what a real friend looks like and how to be a good friend. Just because this generation is really struggling with keeping and building strong friendships,
0: and you wouldn't think so, Gloria. I mean, you—you uh, you said also earlier on we were talking about Facebook, right? And, and one of the things that we've talked a lot about in, in terms of you know digital addiction and all this is how um, how facile we've all become with the tools, right? Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all these different things that are supposedly meant to. Us in to one another, right? We can share our thoughts. We can keep up with each other.
1: Even texting. Texting. Could even
0: add right. that in there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What does the average girl text three hundred times a day or something supposedly? So you know, we, we talk about all that connectedness, and yet the irony is that people are as separated as they've ever been, or or if they're if they're not uh, technologically separated, they feel emotionally separated. Uh, social media has long been a problem, particularly for teen girls in making them feel somewhat isolated if they're not in the right group. Right, and, and
1: then you add on all the, you know, how many likes you can get or how many, quote-unquote, friends, you know, the numerals that you have on any of these platforms, and that's really a
0: false and shallow um, gauge, I believe, of, of true friendship. It's it's somewhat of a narcotic for the people who are, you know, Instagram celebrities or, or uh, whatever it is. And, it, you know, I've seen some of these things. We've talked about it when we've seen – uh, some of our kids in they're they're out on uh, what's one of them, Snapchat, Twitch or something Twitter Yeah, well there's there's a new one for the gamers too. I think it's called. Oh, Twitch. I wouldn't know anything um,
1: about that.
0: Anyway, you see somebody <laughs> they got ten million followers and you're it, thinking, wow, uh, people a hundred years ago their their minds would explode at the possibility of reaching so many people through technology.
1: Right, and that's so um, false. I think that number, the followers, what does that mean? You know, it, that's not really a, what I would call a really a solid base for friendship. Well, it's yeah,
0: certainly not, certainly not a friend. It it's just happens ego to be building somebody number. who gets a notification every time you burp. You right. Know, I that mean, kind of a thing. People
1: will click on to be your friend and not even know you. That's right. the kind of the society we're living in now.
0: So this this uh, Carrie Compecus, who had done this blogging and goes on here and, and, and writes more about it, starts to identify key elements that are important. And if there's one thing, it says here in this article on uh, the Epoch Times, if there's one thing that girls tell Campakis help them the most it's this point from her first book kindness is more important than popularity kindness is more important than popularity she says quote i talk about the difference between real friends and 50 50 friends the girls always tell me that helped me see that she's a 50 50 friend she's nice some days and that not other days They share with Campagas how it helped them invest their time and energy into their real friendships, the ones that will last perhaps decades down the road.
1: Aristotle said friendships is an absolute necessity in life. Countless studies on well-being and happiness point to strong, warm social connection as the key to a good life. Come middle school, girls gravitate toward groups which tend to solidify early in the year and become these permanent fixtures right into every grade and bob if i might add in here you know i'm thinking of that song people who need people are (laughs) the luckiest people in the world i don't know who wrote that but it's so true isn't it yeah you know to have people around
0: although when when you were talking about middle schools and gravitating toward groups i was thinking about those impenetrable clicks oh where the girls would form a circle And no one had a chance to get inside. Oh, yeah. And
1: this has been going on for decades. You know, Gompakis goes on to say that she would say a lot of the heartache that she sees in the girls are in having friendships, in their friendships, is that they're trying to make the wrong friendships actually work. They try too hard for those wrong friendships.
0: Maybe it's just human to chase after the popular crowd, she said. But at some schools, the popular crowd is kind. (laughs) And at others, it is not. Sometimes if popularity is someone's goal, then they're going to stay in the wrong friend group for popularity and their friends won't treat them well. Because the association with the right group is high on their priority list, they will put up with being ignored or anxious about whether they're being left behind, and they might be willing to suffer this all through their years in high school.
1: It's a shame. It's, It's a different picture if they value kindness, she says. If kindness is important to me, I don't care if my friends are popular. I don't care if my friends are the coolest group in school. They're real friends, and they're going to be there for me, Kampakas said. Quote, if you value kindness, you're not going to put up with mean friends. You're going to have higher standards for the friends you're looking for. Now, she also goes on to say, if you're looking for that long-term picture What's going to help you have a friendship that lasts those twenty or thirty years? It all boils down to kindness. There are some that will really go the distance, the ones who really care about you and are kind.
0: Kamakas added that perhaps kindness is something people value more and more as they age, and and I think you know I will I will uh, weigh in here on this. I have you know how as as you get older, certain truisms or wisdom starts to really seep into you. You know, at 30, you see things that you never saw at 20. Right. And at 40 and 50 and 60, you see things you wouldn't have seen at 30. Your your circle of influence, your circle of knowledge and wisdom, it all changes. And you do look at those things that are most elemental about being human. And kindness has got to be at the top of the list.
1: Yeah. And as we all get older, it becomes important for all of us, not just teenage girls. But I, I believe if we're going to live in a world where we're happy and we we feel valued, it's all about kindness, right?
0: Yes, it is. And now, now she also goes and talks about <clears throat> other things that people start to run into. Um, you know, it's one thing when uh, a lot of our uh, lives are kind of prescribed for us early on as kids. Go here, do this, share that, take your turn, get in line, wait, blah, blah, blah. We, we hope we get those lessons when we're in school, right? But people eventually start to run into their own conflicts. And how somebody deals with those conflicts is really important. And, she, you know, when Campechus was in school, she said friendships were an escape from the harsh realities of life. But today, for so many girls, they're a constant source of stress, which is, is really kind of sad. She says, we're just living in this stage where we're chasing goals or dreams or just not always prioritizing our relationships. And we also live in this world of disposable relationships. That sounds terrible. Disposable relationships. We get mad at somebody and we let them off. We unfriend them instead of trying to work it through.
1: Right. It's one strike and you're out. She says, maybe you've made someone from the friend group angry. And before you find out the reason you've been removed from the group chat and are now ignored by the group at school. It's really sad.
0: It's really sad. I mean, it's a a technological way of just nullifying somebody Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk more about conflict and the other deep life lessons i think that she has really uncovered here particularly for teenage girls and really applicable i think to all of us so stay around we'll be back with more in just a moment you're
1: listening to there is a season on am 1290 and 95 7 whio dayton's news and talk
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria Show. I'm Bob.
1: And I'm Gloria. Thanks for being here with us today.
0: So we're talking about relationships and friendships, and particularly between one author and her teenage daughters. There must be something in here that could resonate with you, and um, there's a lot, I think, that that touches on on stuff that a lot of us have been through as parents, but need to be reminded about.
1: Right. And, you know, we're not avoiding the whole men and their sons or young men, young boys in general. Right, Right. Bob? Um, We're just talking today about girls mainly and teenage girls because they don't let things go. Whereas men tend to just kind of have a conflict maybe and they get, they just let it go. We it's move over.
0: On. We just move on because right. because we don't care. We have many disposable relationships. Isn't that the key? No, no. That, that's that's the such key. a terrible phrase. It is, but it was in the article. I... So <laughs> Carrie Campake is the, the lady we're talking about here today, and she's um, she was covered by another author, Catherine Yang, yeah. who wrote in the Epoch Times about this lady's um, small amount of celebrity. She had started blogging about relationships and friendships and. She had been hearing from other moms about things that their daughters were going through, so she wrote about this, and uh, she's talked about some of these big, you know, life lessons, these these truisms I think about our humanity, and she talked about the importance of kindness, but she also talked about conflict, and you know, conflict resolution. She says, you know, she tries to talk to to her girls about working through conflict, uh, working through them together. It's part of growing up. It's part of growing together. They're healthy ways to get through these trials, and it's something I think that is an important thing to teach any child uh, how to come, you know, how to get over conflict.
1: Right, and and she talks about how conflict resolution is really not easy to teach because this generation has grown up expecting, you know, quick fixes for everything. Really, mm-hmm. if you think about it, if one friendship's not working, they'll try another one. Except sometimes there is no one else for so many kids. And if kids are so quick to cut ties with friends, they'll never grow those deep and strong roots in their friendships and in their relationships in general in life. You
0: can almost see a parallel to where their their faces are all the time. They're down on their digital device, right? So right. you don't like something or you have this kind of attention deficit thing going on. Yeah, you click off. You just click off and you go to the next thing.
1: And how can you, yeah, develop these strong roots that way? You really can't.
0: So partly as a way of overcoming that, she also coaches uh, girls, um, In addition to being kind and working on conflict uh, resolution, she advises parents and and girls on uh, casting a wide net. Not pouring Mm -hmm. all of their energy into one core friend group at the expense of everyone else, but rather to be kind to everyone, she says. Make friends with everyone. Being kicked out of a friend group is so devastating because girls then have nowhere to go and no one to talk to they ignored everyone else and no no one else wants to be their friend.
1: Right. And and she says and this is so true. If you cast this wide net, okay, in your life, you have friends, say in your dance class, friends at church, friends in gym class, friends at a camp maybe. If you have different social circles, then if one circle lets you down, you always have a place to go, right? Um, You know, and even with all this good advice that Campakis offers, she knows things won't always work out. In small towns, the grades can be really small and there aren't many people to make friends with to begin with, right? But in middle school, where kindness isn't so popular, it may be a lonely year, she says, and every grade has its own dynamic. Um, But she goes on to say, and Bob, you can head into this, even that isn't such a bad thing,
0: it's important for them to know they're not going to thrive in every environment. Right. You know, we all know this as adults, right? Uh, you might yep. have a great middle school experience, or as an adult, you might have one really good job. Right. And you might struggle in high school. You might have a really bad job or a bad boss, right? Right. You might have great college experiences and other times where, you know, you're out of town and at a different college and it's not working out. So. Those, these are important things to cast a wide net, to, to work on overcoming conflicts, and to work on kindness. When we return, we're going to talk more about friendship and about building strong bonds and other important things that Carrie Campakis talks about when we return. So stay with us.
1: You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, this is Rush Limbaugh. This is my home in the Miami Valley. Dayton is our number one priority, you know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. 1290-957-WHIO. Welcome back to There's a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
1: And I'm Bob's friend, Gloria
0: Shanahan. A dear friend, okay? It's in the memo.
1: That's not what you always say.
0: But I do say it 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent of the time.
1: That's one of your old-time references, isn't it?
0: Yes, and I bet someone got that reference right now. Really? Actually, the phrase has been appropriated by all sorts of other people and causes, but it goes back to soap. Oh, my. Think about it. Ivory soap (laughs) and a chemist named Gamble. You know, Proctor and Gamble hmm. Right. You can read about the history of that phrase in that product and the phrase works for our friendship, too, dear. OK, I'll
1: trust you on this one, dear. Just this once.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about friendship today. <laughs> um, and there's an article we're talking about. It was written by Catherine Yang in the Epoch Times. It's called Creating Strong Bonds with Teenage Daughters. And she's talking about another author by the name of um, Carrie Compeckis who's uh, got some lessons for all of us to learn or relearn about raising our kids and about other relationships we have in the course of our lives. She's talked about kindness, conflict resolution, casting a wide net, and more. We've got plenty more to talk with you about here in the show still.
1: Right. And so with our show in line here, you know, there is a season. She says that some seasons of friendships are easier than others. But even in a difficult season, she says, if you're looking at it in a way You know, to make yourself a better person and grow your character and your faith, then those seasons are never a waste of time. You can really expect a lot of personal growth in those seasons of difficulty and learn a lot more about yourself and also the kind of person that you want to be. And Bob, I know that by being in friendship with me, you want to be more like me. I'm emulating that. Actually, my thoughts were
0: this is the longest, coldest winter ever. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> That's... no. No, we're headed into a cold, dark winter. Um, anyway, uh, so. But no. there's
1: value in being my friend because you can look at me and then emulate
0: there's the abs-
1: kindness that I extend.
0: Absolutely. I would not consider you a disposable friend in any way. Thank
1: you. That's what I was getting at. The,
0: the Dixie Cup of Friendships. No, Wait a I minute. Would not. That is disposable. Yes. Uh, sorry. Okay, <clears> so <throat> in the article here, <clears throat> another uh, key life lesson, a uh, thing to learn, compacts talks about, is guiding values Uh, before compactus's daughter daughters reached their teenage years she remembered looking at the world they would be entering and the choices that teen boys and girls were facing she noticed that choices made during those pivotal teen years had a big impact on people's lives down the road so she wanted to help her daughters and other moms guide their teens in a way that prepares them to face hard situations without just blindly following the crowd onto a path they might regret later
1: She says, I just knew we were made for more than that. We were created for more, created to do the right thing and not the easy thing. She learned as she raised her first teenager that while little kids need more of a cop kind of parent, teens need something more like a coach. And as they get older toward college, something like a counselor, right? Mm -hmm. She referred to the book, The Teenage Brain, which compared teen brains to a Ferrari, all revved up with nowhere to go. And and she said, you know, it's the parents' job to point them in the right direction.
0: I would even say sometimes they don't even start in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: or they're just dead. The battery's dead, right?
0: I'm constantly in the shop. Um, of course, teens aren't always going to be nearby for you to point them in the right direction. And seldom would they ask their parents for direction to begin with. How many people have their kids coming up frequently saying, mom, dad? What should I do about this? I mean, it happens. Sometimes they do. Not a but, ton. Right. So Carrie has said, this is why teaching kids good values such as compassion, kindness, and self-discipline, especially in the early years, even before their teens, is so important. She says, when they grow up and become teenagers, all the choices they make come out of their value system. It hits me now that I can see the big picture of the teenager that the choices, the friends they want to have, is all rooted in the values they have set early on. So those values really do make a difference as far as the desires they have, the friends they want to be around, the dreams and goals for their lives, and in, in really it, their entire lives all stay rooted in those values.
1: Right. And she goes on to say that when parents aren't around to guide their children, the value system instilled in them becomes that inner compass for decision making in these turbulent years. Um, She said it might be easy for parents today today, to forget just how much stress that these teens are under because they truly are facing more than their parents did in their teen years. On top of their bodies and hormones changing and friendships changing, their culture is much more of an achievement-oriented one. And lessons from social media about how one can afford to make a mistake loom constantly, she says.
0: Yeah. And and I would say, I mean, the difference I think is um, people in previous generations maybe had a simpler world uh, to navigate. It's not that they didn't have tough things. You know, we've talked about the greatest generation and things that a lot of folks went through that were incredible hardships that a lot of people in the modern ages have not faced. But socially... And in terms of the media that people are swimming in, it's yeah. an entirely different world. And and then you pointed out achievement, too. Oh, yes. How everybody seems to be so hyped up on, you know.
1: Achievement in sports and everything, like select this. Yes. I mean, what does that word imply? Select. Oh, you're better than the recreational league. These right. kids and really, from a very young age, start to learn that they better be in the select, the honors, the, the advanced schools, placement. Right. It's it, not
0: enough just to go to college to get an education. You've got to go to the, you know, the best schools, and parents right. certainly a lot of them um, like to talk about what school my kid. It, it's, these are all badges and, and a certain right. amount of social climbing going right. on.
1: And so being focused on kindness and making true friends, I would think, unfortunately, falls to the bottom of that, that mental thinking that these kids have in their minds. What's, what am I supposed to be doing today? It's very hard.
0: So these are, um, so, so one of the things that we've talked about, guiding values that are set early on in someone's life. We talked about casting a wide net so that you have more than the one friendship when somebody yeah, you know, decides to ignore circles, you. Different
1: or, types. Mm-hmm. Or
0: overcoming conflicts and rooting kindness. your life in kindness. These are all really important lessons. And I hope we've done a good job of talking about these over the years. Uh, on this program. So this Carrie Kampakis then goes on in in, in this interview, it it talks about building a strong bond.
1: Right, and she says keeping a strong relationship with your kids helps. Um, She explains in her latest book, um, she writes about rules and relationships and she understands what a struggle that is for parents to not be too lenient, but not too strict either. Teens look sufficient on the outside, but they're still figuring out so many things on the inside. And plus their idea of quote-unquote long-term, it might be five years, like through high school and into college. Mm-hmm. She's heard from plenty of girls who tell her that something their parents told them to do only made sense a few years later. So we're trying, you know, to get to less control. And for us to play that role in their lives, they've got to be able to trust our advice. Because later it will you
0: know, come I, to play. I'm always reminded of that phrase. You know, my, my dad was an idiot when I was 17. And yeah. he's a genius when I was 25. You know, so it
1: takes a while, doesn't it, for well, it's, to realize. When
0: you finally see, uh, yeah. Lord knows, I mean, uh, there's, you can also be too much of a helicopter parent and constantly try to insert your advice or your wisdom into every situation. And sometimes kids just have to learn the hard way, right? hmm And a lot of us sometimes uh, don't want them to fail. We, we right. want to we want to keep them from failing, but they need to fail to learn things. But I will say it does feel really good when you see something seed that you've planted finally, you know, come, come up through fruition. the soil and you're like, right. oh, it wasn't a waste.
1: Right. And as much as, you know, they hate us and don't like us, you know, I think it's really important. And she says this as well in her book that, you know, the open relationship where they know that we're just looking out for their long term well-being, you know. Um, it's it's just going to later. Um, it, it's going to it's going to stick, and unfortunately, that's what we have to let them know because otherwise, they're going to get their advice from somebody who they feel likes them. I mean, so we have to like them, but we have to let them know it's really for their long term good.
0: Yeah, and, and investing in that the relationship that way is it, <laughs> tricky. It's not. It, it's you so... can set rules, and some people are, are you know. <laughs> more verbally skilled than others. Some people are more compassionate than others. It's it, it's not all parents are the same, right? You got to have some rules and structure. But some way you need to convey to your kids, I think, as, as you're raising them, that you are invested in their long term. Uh, and you're not saying this just as, you know, some kind of platitude, you know, you'll, you'll thank me when you're older. It's not that right. kind of thing. You've got to be able to convince them that, hey, this investment matters. Somebody invested in me to get here and I'm investing in right. you. Right.
1: And even though they may have a different opinion than you, you know, you can listen to them and hear what they have to say, right? That's really important. And you can still get your message across too say, well, you might want to consider this instead of, no, you should be doing this or this is how you should
0: handle this. And, you know, certainly um, personalities, language, flippancy, things like this can really, you know, (laughs) set somebody off. And there's a lot of what I call kind of faux sophistication now. People pick up certain phrases Well, they act a certain way because they see things on Instagram or in other social media where they think they can have a certain irreverence speaking to adults. And frankly, it drives me nuts when I hear some of that. However, um, they do talk here. Carrie Capacus talks a lot about the importance of still listening to your kids, somehow getting past some of that, you know, direct that comes at you uh, and stopping and listening to some of the emotion. Let it let them get it out and also honoring their privacy. Um, because if they find out that you've repeated what they've shared with you, they won't do it again. You know, they'll they'll hole up and the wall will be built. If they feel safe, they'll share things they wouldn't even tell their friends. And you get those moments once in a while. Sometimes it's on a car ride, right? Right, Right. So one uh one-on-one time between a parent and child can do wonders, and you gotta be able to create those opportunities. Um so look at those those things during the week where you can squeeze out a few extra minutes to talk to your kid. She also advises parents to invite their kids to do something they're interested in and then keep inviting them because they will reject invitations here and there without thinking much of it, but eventually they'll say yes. Um, And she's heard that from a lot of different parents.
1: Right, right. So she seems to have all the right words for helping parents and teens see the big picture and long view. Much of this stems from her faith. Compacus remembers a priest once telling her that love wants what's best for someone long-term.
0: And so we've saved the best for last, which is going to be talking about something we talk on this program about, grace. And uh, that'll be up next when we return. Stay with us.
1: You're listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There a the Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. You know, it's annual enrollment period for Medicare. You probably heard last week on this program there's no better resource center than our friends at Medicare Planning of Dayton. You can forget the 800 number services and, and all that out-of-town stuff. If you want a no-cost, no-pressure way to understand your options best to build a plan that's right for you, then call Jim, Chris, or Jody at Medicare Planning of Dayton today. Here's the number, 937-504-9999. That's 504-9999 or medicareplanningofdayton.com. We've been talking about Carrie Kompakis and her views on raising daughters. and They have lessons for all of us, and she talks a lot about uh, conflict resolution and so forth, and and uh, widening the, the net of friends and a lot more. And we'll try to squeeze in here where you can get her books. But she also finishes up with some notes on grace.
1: Yeah, she said the biggest message in her latest book is that we are meant to parent from a place of strength and not defeat. If we are feeling defeated, let's not stay there. We're all feeling defeated this year, but let's not stay in that place. Let's take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually, and get ourselves into a good place so we can be that strength for our families and friends the pandemic brought time to reset and be together for many families but the new school year is still hectic with mixed online and in-person schooling after you know a five-month virtual hiatus when she wrote this it interrupted high school senior years in advance and continued uncertainty her family too she says is still trying to find its rhythm And Bob, I think we all are,
0: right? I think we are. Just the other day, she called her 84-year-old father and burst into tears on the phone. She felt better afterward, even though her situation hadn't changed. Teens need such steady, stalwart support from their parents these days, too. But strength doesn't need to come from us alone. She says what we really need is God's grace. If you make a mistake, it's okay, she says. Turn the page and do better going forward, and God can still use it in your life and let it not be a waste. And Kapaka says that many women get stuck in a cycle of shame after facing their mistakes, and that breeds hopelessness, but that isn't reality. So there's a lot more we'd like to share with you, but we're going to point you toward her books here. Go out to Amazon.com, and you will find a number of selections called Love Her Well. The 10, ten Ultimate Truths That Girls Should Know. One that you sort of touched on earlier, it's called Liked, which is all about, you know, uh, who, who am I really trying to win, right. you know, as a friend and so right. forth. So, some really good stuff out there at Amazon.com. Her name is Compacus Kampakis, K-A-M-P-A-K-I-S. And that's gonna to have to do it for us today. Remember, dear friends, you seek grace also, if you would, in every step. And remember to live with purpose and make this and every day of your life count. Never regret growing older. It's a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend Gloria Shanahan, for our terrific producers and everyone who makes the show possible. Thanks again for your time, attention, and interest to what we do here. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.